Today, we are diving into the lives of John the Baptist and Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Uh, we're going to discuss kind of the aim and the direction for the future of this podcast as well. We're also going to be playing a game that I'm sure you're going to get a kick out of. So you won't want to miss the first episode of Bearing Up. guys welcome to the very first episode of bearing up we are so excited to introduce this podcast um, my name is zach griffin i attended freed hardeman university i graduated in 2016 i've moved all over the country i've lived in uh, green bay wisconsin traverse city michigan i've lived in florida missouri illinois uh, my home state here is georgia i'm preaching for my home congregation in moultrie georgia uh, and excited to do that a couple of things I'm interested in are uh, I play guitar, uh, electric and acoustic, uh, and I I wouldn't say I'm a coffee connoisseur, you know, because <laughs> there, you know there, there's this there's this connotation behind it. Uh, what was the term you used earlier? You're, you're not you're not. Yeah, a I'm, snob. I'm not a coffee snob. I'm not going to turn my nose. Well, I'm de- I'm I'm. De- oh. <laughs> snob, so. Well, I mean. I'm not going to turn my nose up at, at some coffee that somebody's giving me just because it's not perfect, but I, I like my coffee and I like it done a certain way. And, um, I, uh, I like pour over. That's, that's my preferred method. And I'll say that. See, and personally, I feel like if it's a pour over, if you're a pour over person, you are a coffee shop, but you know, you can to, define yourself to each his own, to each his own. <laughs> um, well, my name is Logan Bruce, and for those of you who don't know me, I went to Freed Hardman, graduated in a very fast four and a half years. Um, I am, I've known Zach since then for about seven years, I think we calculated. Um, it's a long time, um, but, uh, you know, long, known Zach quite a while. Um, I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter. We live in White House, Texas, which is in East Texas. And, uh, you know, I've been a minister full-time, part-time, and vocationally for about four years. And, uh, you know, just uh, just trying to, to live life to the fullest. So Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and we both have kids about the same age, too. We that's, do, yes. I, yeah. think, I think Graham's a little older than Emerly. Yeah, just a little bit. He turned okay. three in May. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, anyway... Um, being that this is the inaugural, you know, the premiere of uh, Bearing Up you right. know, podcast, uh, we want to sort of talk about what we're trying to accomplish here. For sure. Um, and so something that's been kind of, I've been mulling over for a while is this idea of, of being a Barnabas. Um, and Barnabas is an important character in scripture. I guess his deal is that he is an encourager. He's mm-hmm. given that name. Well, we'll talk about this a little bit later, um, but he's an encourager. And so the idea behind uh, bearing up is we are literally bearing up our brethren. Uh, we are aiming to encourage. We are aiming to lift up and build up all of those terms that are used um, in the scriptures. And there are so many one another commands in scripture. I mean, and, and there's, you know, this kind of idea of, of community and unity. Uh, and so that's the idea behind um, bearing up. And so one of the things that um, yeah, I hope to accomplish with this is there's, a, I guess, a special group of people that need that encouragement. Uh, and it's young ministers. Uh, young ministers in the church need that extra little um, support. And so 
that's one of the things we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be talking about lots of other things as well. Well, and I think, Zach, uh, you know, this just popped in my head, so sorry for going off on a tangent. But it, it's sometimes it's, it's, you know, with young ministers, we've both been in that position where, you know, maybe the first year or two, you're feeling good. You don't need that encouragement. But then the things change and mm-hmm. things start to happen, and we've both experienced stuff like that. And it's like, okay, where is my encouragement now? Uh, you know, where all those people that have been cheering me off for so long, they, they're not always there. And, uh, and so then those tough times, you know, who's who's encouraging the encouragers? And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, this is it's not exclusively, you know, we don't want to niche ourselves into that because we want to encourage you if you're listening, whether you are, you know, any any walk of life. Um, but uh, that's a those are group that group of people. We have both been in that scenario and been like, where where am I supposed to go now? And yes, I agree with you totally, Logan. You know, we're going to try and. Uh, encourage whomever we can. We're going to be talking a lot of Bible, um, talking about um, some of the names of God. We're going to be talking about that starting next week, and we'll have our first guest Correct. Uh, as well, uh, yes. Joshua Hester, uh, who went to school with us. Uh, he's he's going to be coming on the show, uh, and so we're very excited. Before we jump into, I guess, the main portion of our of our podcast here, something we want to do is we want to recommend things uh, that we enjoy, uh, whether it's a, a type of coffee or a book that we're reading. Um, I, I get stuck on the coffee thing. <laughs> I feel you. That's all good. <laughs> anyway, I want to introduce a, a book that is very important to me, um, and it's this little book. Uh, it's called A Minister's Heart, uh, and it's written by Dale Jenkins, the Jenkins Institute. And I love this book because it is... It's an encouragement to me. Um, it's really looking at the heart of a minister, and I think that especially in the early years of ministry, it meant so much to me because it talks about a lot of the things that uh, you're going to face as a minister. You're going to move away. You're going to face certain trials. You're going to find gray hairs. You know, you're going to do all of that stuff. And um, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I, have to, I cry every time when I get there to the go. very end. Um, a lot of those things used to scare me when I was younger, but um, you know, I'm, I guess I've experienced a lot, even though mm-hmm. I'm still a, a young person. Um, I still consider myself a young person. But anyway, um, a minister's heart. If you know a young preacher, a young minister, uh, this would be an excellent book for you to pick up for them. Actually, this was a gift from my, my mother's uh, preacher. Um, when she lived in Illinois and I was at Freed. Nice. So, but anyway. Well, I do I also have a recommendation. Like you said, we're going to try to do those most episodes, if not all. Um, and I don't have mine with me. Um, so most of the time it may be here on the bookshelf, but it's not there today. And the reason it's not there today is because it's packed up somewhere in my garage uh, because it just finished moving. Uh, but it's the, called The Barnabas Factor, and it's a book by Aubrey Johnson. Um, and it's basically what we're doing here. You know, it's talking about how do you encourage people, and it walks us through the different people and why do we need to encourage people? You know, Jesus said I had to love my enemies, but do I have to encourage my enemies? Stuff like that. You know, like why do I have to be this person when the world around me is not? Um, so that's kind of a, it's called the Barnabas Factor um, by Aubrey Johnson. That's a great book, and it's pretty much what we're doing here. Hmm. I haven't read that one, so I might need to order a copy. It's, it's a good one. Well, um, today we're going to talk about two men, one who came before Jesus and one who came after Jesus. 
Uh, and both of them are going to help, you know, direct us in some of the ways of Jesus. Um, some of the characteristics in which Jesus himself um, possessed. Let's begin. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, John the Baptist. And uh, I, I really, I, I kind of stay away from that term because sometimes it can be kind of confusing. I know that's what's written in our Bibles, but uh, he wasn't a Baptist. He was a baptizer. You know, he was an immerser. I, I, I think that's worth noting. You know, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's just a waste of time, but... Hey, no, I feel you. <laughs> um, but this is this is before there were denominations, right? This was, <laughs> you know, prior to denominations. There's a prophecy about him in Isaiah chapter forty and verse three about this voice uh, that that cries out in the wilderness, uh, making the way straight for the Lord. And this is fulfilled in Matthew chapter three and verse thirteen. One of the things that he is teaching as he's going around and he's baptizing people uh, is repentance. Right. Um, repentance is a huge deal. And he's wanting them to turn um, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's, that's a huge uh, phrase that's used constantly when talking about John. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, and this also is brought on, um, Jesus begins to teach this. Correct. Um, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he's saying this as he's baptizing and teaching. Um, as we're looking at John the Baptist, one of the things that um, I guess maybe we should before we comment on some of his teachings and, you know, some of the notable facts about him uh, is this life, you know. Um, and so he goes around and he's he's teaching this uh, and he's facing opposition as he's doing this. You know, as he's teaching, you know, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, you know, this idea that, you know, it's soon upon us. And and I think that's kind of this idea of at hand. Yeah, that it's coming. I mean, it's like it, it, it's not going to be here or it's not like well give it a minute it's like it's at hand it is here and you better get on board um, because that's and that's really what it's all about and that's the urgency that john not only john the baptist has but that's the urgency that jesus also continues for his the length of his ministry um, and it's just something that i think we lose because well it's been two thousand years jesus gonna come back tonight <laughs> um, yeah well I hope so, actually. Yeah, hey, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And, and something, too, about the kingdom, before we get off this idea, is that, mm -hmm. you know, the kingdom, you know, is not something that we're still waiting for. Right. Uh, you know, the yeah. kingdom is something that uh, Paul talked about us being a part of in the book Correct. of Colossians. Um, we are added to the kingdom. Uh, yep. And so, you know, people are looking forward to this kingdom someday, but... You know, you can be a part of it right now. Absolutely. Um, and yep. so, anyway, he's teaching this. He's facing opposition. The Pharisees, you know, those other, you know, legalistic uh, Jews like the Sadducees mm -hmm. and the high priests and the elders and all of them, uh, they they start coming after him. Um, and I, I don't have here in my notes, and perhaps you do, of, of where he's actually... Um, He's actually put to death. Yeah, you're, he is, he's executed basically because 
somebody got jealous and because somebody was used him as a prop <laughs> and uh and you know that's what better way to go in service of christ is being that kind of a tool as being a, a martyr like that yeah wow i mean he yeah he gave his life um completely committed to this idea of i'm preparing mm-hmm. the way you know for this yeah. kingdom and and for the lord mm-hmm. um and actually going back to that that passage that we talked about with the the prophecy of right. him is he's making the way for the lord um and so that's that's the major i guess this perhaps the job description <laughs> or mm-hmm. or the you know the the task uh that he's right. set to do is to prepare this way um mm-hmm. for jesus but as he's doing that there are some you know qualities and some things some things he says some things that he does um, that are worth noting. You know, there's some important issues, some things that, you know. Um, one, one of my favorite um, things that John says in, is in John chapter 3 and verse 29. Um, and he describes himself as the friend of the bridegroom. Now, you know, today we have, you know, a best man. Uh, mm-hmm. A groom has a best man. Uh, and it's different, but according to that Jewish um, tradition, they'd had this idea of there was a friend of the bridegroom. He wasn't called mm-hmm. a best man, but he kind of had some responsibilities. Um, right. And so, for instance, what, what would often happen is the groom would go and prepare a home for his, his bride and his new family. Um, and, and so he would go off, maybe it was in a diff- different country or maybe it was a different place, but he was, you know, focused on that. That's what he has to do. Um, but somebody had to take care of his betrothed during that time. And so there was the friend of the bridegroom. Uh, and he actually cared for. Now, I mean, tr- try to put yourself in that position today. Like, who would you leave, you know, your uh, fiancé with mm-hmm. while you went and built a house somewhere? You know, and, and so that's basically what um, John is. And, he, right. you know, he is, you know, while, you know, Jesus is coming, he is kind of making things ready and being there with, you know, those people that are to be wed to him. When we when we start talking about John the Baptist, we get lost in the weeds of who he really was. I believe, and uh, I think that he was, he played a much bigger role, but I don't think, I think if you had asked him, he would have said, you don't even need to put me in the Bible, I don't want to be in it. <laughs> uh, that's the attitude he have. I think he you're had. right. Maybe, I, I, I just think that that was, because he was all about Jesus, and that's the kind, that's why he called himself the friend of the bridegroom, because he was all about the bridegroom, he was all about Jesus. Anything he did was, how am I bringing people to him and preparing the way for him? Um, and I think that a lot of people, um, we get lost in the weeds of who he really was, but that's the voice crying in the desert was, was what he was. Yeah, and, and I think, and I hope I'm not stepping on your toes here, kind of mm-hmm. getting into this idea, but in John chapter 1 and verse 27, he says, you know, about Jesus, the one who comes after me, mm-hmm. the strap of his sandal, I'm not worthy to untie. Exactly. Um, yep. And so if we are to take something from John, um, I feel like it is this humility to be the least. Um, right. He's, Absolutely. He's putting, 
Jesus forth. That's his goal mm-hmm. is is to put Jesus in in the front. And well, and we're going to kind of talk about that when we get to Barnabas as well. Just the humility um, that uh, the, of put to put Jesus first and to back yourself up. And it's all through the Bible. Jesus just he just over and over again just says humility, humility, humility. And then we're like, okay, well, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> and we and there's nothing wrong with liking yourself but we take it too far and we take it a step extra and we become distracted with our own selves Um, when in reality to become all about jesus you have to be all about jesus and not about yourself yeah and he has a legacy and in scripture um and this legacy is is that jesus himself says in matthew 11 11 there no greater man has been born under woman than John. Mm. You know, he's given this praise that's just like, whoa. I mean, there was Moses mm-hmm. and there was David and there was, you yeah. know, Isaiah and Jeremiah and all, you know, all of these people we could talk about. But Jesus says this of John the Baptist. He says, right. no greater man has been born, no greater one has been born of woman uh, than him. But he who is least in the kingdom is even greater than he. So that kind of points out this, you know, this quality of him even more. I think that Jesus, in even saying that, is putting the emphasis not on praising the man, but pointing out the particular quality that John possessed. This idea of being the least. And as he lived and as he ministered, he didn't want any glory. I mean, look at the way that he dressed, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and what he ate and where he preached and, and all of this stuff. I mean, he's not looking to be, you know, I don't think we would invite him on the show. <laughs> I mean, unless he got a shower and got dressed and, you know, I he, mean, he can be on your camera with you. <laughs> There's, it, it's difficult. He's a difficult guy to talk about, even more so than we're about to talk about because of how little there is about him. I mean what is about him is about Jesus. And so there's not a whole lot of, I mean, we, we know, I feel like you can tell more about John the Baptist from before he was even born than you can his whole ministry because he's (laughs) always pointing towards Jesus. There's nothing really about him as a person other than he wears camel skin and eats honey and locusts. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Well, um, well, why don't we go ahead and we'll move after the life of Christ. Um, and I know that I feel like you're especially excited about, I love this. <laughs> Barnabas is, uh, he is, I, I guess we could, the way we've presented this is they're almost mirrors of each other, uh, John the Baptist and Barnabas, because of one thing, and it's the humility, but what a, the trait we want to key on with Barnabas is that encouragement. Uh, you know, he's introduced to us in Acts chapter 4. He, he wasn't even introduced as Barnabas. It's Joseph, a Levite. And uh, in the same verse, it's like uh, he was such an encourager that he was nicknamed Barnabas. And you've never heard it. From then on, he's not referred to anything else but Barnabas. Um, that that was his nickname. And I don't know about Zach, but I've had plenty of nicknames. Um, you know, not all of them good. But, um, uh, you know, to be nicknamed something that defines you like that, I mean, he had to be all about it. And he was living it. Um, And so it was who he became. It was his identity. It was no longer about, oh, I'm not Joseph anymore. 
I'm now an encourager. I'm Barnabas. This is what I am. And, and there's a lot of uh, examples in Scripture of people who have these name changes. Um, you have Abram, who it means exalted father, and he is named Abraham by God, mm-hmm. uh, which means father of many. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of see um, what happens. He's childless at first, and then um, he doesn't have just Isaac and Ishmael, but he ends up mm-hmm. you know, being... The father of the faith. In Romans chapter mm-hmm. 4, if we are have faith in Jesus, we're Abraham's children. I mean, right. it's amazing. Um, Jacob means follow or come after. Um, mm-hmm. And he was, if you remember the story of, of Jacob and Esau, he, he had the heel of his brother yeah. as he came out of the womb. Just chasing him. Um, but then he got the nickname Israel, which means wrestles with God or or contends with God and and how important is that name when you consider the history of mm-hmm. the nation of Israel they're constantly right. constantly wrestling uh, with mm-hmm. God well and it's something interesting because another one that comes to mind is Barnabas's partner and it's Paul he was Saul and he changes his God changed his name to Paul but a lot of these guys, and both the ones you mentioned and Paul included, God changed their names. God said, you're not going to be called this anymore. You're going to be called this. Uh, his peers changed Joseph's name to Barnabas. Uh, it was such, it's one thing because God, God telling them, your identity is now going to be this. It's another thing to have you be such one way that people say, no, 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 you shouldn't be called that anymore. You need to be called this because that's your identity. Um, and for people to see that we are so much slower to process things than god is that's huge to me uh, that barnabas went that far as to make that his identity um well one thing our introduction to barnabas is kind of a weird one because i don't know if if we always correlate his introduction with the way it is at the end of acts chapter four barnabas joseph a levite named barnabas he sold a field and gave all the profits to the to the apostles it leads right into Ananias and Sapphira. Right. And Ananias and Sapphira were like, oh, Barnabas, that was pretty cool. And you can imagine Barnabas got all this praise. Barnabas, that's so awesome, man. Thank you so much. That's such an encouragement to us. That's so great. And obviously there's a lot of reading in there. But whatever the praise was that he got, it inspired copycats. It inspired people. And that in itself, your actions can encourage. That's the thing there. But what it did is it brought about fake encouragers. So Ananias and Sapphira, they have a field. They're like, hey, we have a field too. Let's go sell our field and we'll get this praise like Barnabas. So they sell it and they keep some back for themselves. And that's not the part that they got in trouble for. They got in trouble for lying and saying, yeah, that's all of it. Uh, but the point I wanted to make there, and as I was, I was reading this and thinking this, is that there's, we, we're going to have encouragers in our life. You're going to have real encouragers who are there for the right reasons and are trying to help you out. Then you're going to have fake encouragers. Who, as soon as it gets tough, they're only doing it, they're only encouraging you because it's something they can get, or they're only encouraging you because it makes them look good. And there's going to be those people, those wolves in sheep's clothing, and that's what Ananias and Sapphira were. But on the other hand, you have Barnabas, who's a real encourager, um, and I think that that's just an interesting, interesting parallel there. That we we know the story of Ananias and Sapphira, but Barnabas was the reason that they were even doing that in the first place. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an, I don't know. It's just you might have thoughts on that. I just was I was reading through that and I was like, 
that's just every time you read the Bible, you just something else clicks, you know. Right, and 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 so this idea that you know he is encouraging um, for the right reasons, you know, he right. is not doing it for his own personal glory. And, Absolutely. And I think that one of the best places that we can go to, um, and I mean places like a geographical location. Um, is Antioch and what is said about Barnabas and his ministry in Antioch. Um, And so in Acts chapter 11, verses 22 through 24, um, the scripture says that he, with gladness, encouraged with purpose of heart for them to continue in the Lord. You know, this is the encouragement that he is trying to pass on to them. You know, you are to hold fast in him. You are to lean on him and be faithful to him. Um, And by his encouragement, it says that there were many that were added to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if we go back in verses verses 25 and 26, he goes back to get Saul. (laughs) It still says Saul at that time, Um, but it's the same person as, as Paul. They stay there at Antioch, and this is the Antioch that's that's north of Judah. They also go to Antioch in um, Pisidia, but they they stay there for uh, one year. And it's interesting the fact that Christians, that name, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Mm -hmm. And it was in this place where Barnabas and Saul were staying and ministering and encouraging. Now, what are the odds that... That is the first place that you are called Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible that that shows you this that this son of encouragement um, was able to influence um, the brethren there in such a way as to they wearing the name of Christ themselves, um, mm-hmm. because that's what a Christian is. They are yep. a Christ follower, uh, and so they're no longer just disciples. They're no longer just um, people of the way, um, mm-hmm. but they are referring to themselves now by the name of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big point because, you know, what is, you know, what do we, how do we define ourselves? And I think Barnabas was probably more conscious of that than anybody because of the name change we talked about already. You know, what am I, what I am defined as is important and I think a lot of times it's like well titles don't matter and this and that and that's that's true to an extent but how somebody who doesn't know you relates to you is extremely important as a Christian um, you know am I at my job am I coming across as a Christian or am I coming across as just another person in the crowd um, and if everybody's becoming a Christian then you know that encouragement swells but um, or excuse me is acting like a Christian that everybody you know, that encouragement swells, but how people see us and how we are defined by the people who don't un, don't know us is important. Right. We talked about in in preparation for this mm-hmm. um, some of the some of the things, the run-ins of, of right. what's happened with um, Paul and Barnabas, and one of the things that that you pointed out uh, that was really interesting in their story is what mm-hmm. happened to them in Lystra. Right. And that's in Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 8, for those of you who are following along at home. Um, they, uh, they're they in Lystra, and they're 
preaching the word and you know this has been this Paul and Barnabas relationship that has that was established back in Acts, cha Acts chapter 9 when nobody accepted Paul and Barnabas is like no he's the dude he's for real this is let's bring him in he stood up for Paul then and this relationship is, was established way back then five chapters later they're still preaching together on this missionary journey and they're in Lystra and something really interesting happens that had never happened until that point is that they're mistaken for gods because in that Greek culture, you had Zeus, Hades, uh, you know, you could, somebody, a Greek mythology buff could list all probably the Greek gods, but they're mistaken for Zeus and Hermes. Um, and then if you know anything about um, Greek mythology, Zeus is big dog. I mean, he's the head god, if you will. Um, and Hermes is his messenger. Well, this, the scripture specifically says they thought Barnabas was Zeus and Hermes or Paul was Hermes. Hmm, that's really telling. And, uh, yes, exactly. And so when it goes on to say, and I, I reread this again today, is they ripped their clothes and they were screaming. They're like, no, 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 we are not gods. But the what's telling and what we talked about earlier is why they picked those gods for those two individuals. Because this is something I struggle with as an, somebody who tries to be a Barnabas, who tries to be an encourager. You always want to be talking. You always want to be going. And you always want to be saying something. But Barnabas knew when to be quiet. Because for those Lystrians, I, if, you, if, if you follow along with me on that, <laughs> they, they saw Paul as the messenger. He was out talking. He was giving the message. And Barnabas, and, and maybe I'm reading between the lines here, but Barnabas was probably more stoic and quiet and letting Paul present the message. And that's what an encourager is. An encourager knows when to step back. An encourager is going to encourage, but when it's time to move on or to let the let your encouragee shine, you know when to step back. And I think that that's an important part of that that I think a lot of people who are encouragers sometimes miss, and myself included. Yeah, and, and one of the things that uh, I've kind of held with me, I think it was something that um, Brother Dan Winkler said. It may have been somebody else, but I'm going to attribute it to him. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, he said something about how, um, you know, you will not make it big in the brotherhood by trying to be big in the brotherhood. There you, go. you will only, uh, you know, you will be invited for lectures and you'll be invited, you know, for gospel meetings and whatever because of the minister that you are, not the preacher. Right. It, it's going to be because of your reputation as somebody who is a servant more so than your ability to speak. Right. Um, and, right. and so that, you know, Barnabas is a big name in the book of Acts for that reason. And when he's sitting back and allowing Paul to speak, mm -hmm. he is being that kind of encourager, you know, Absolutely. giving him an opportunity. You know, Paul kind of has this, I don't want to call it a complex, but he has this, this issue... Um, where a lot of people don't really give him credit or recognize him um, right. as, you know, the, the Corinthians. Um, <laughs> you know, the Corinthians had a very difficult time with, with Paul and accepting his authority. Uh, and a lot of people, and there's different reasons, you know, some people knew him as, um, you know, a persecutor of the church. Um, there were others that just saw Paul uh, and didn't think very much of him. You know, he didn't come with eloquence of speech or, you know, he didn't come as this great teacher. He didn't have people 
pay him for preaching, which other people were doing at the time. Um, you know, philosophers and, you know, all of these people were getting, you know, compensated. Paul said he didn't want any of that. People weren't impressed with Paul uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes. And, and so he has this kind of, and again, I don't want to say a complex, but I really don't know how else to describe it. He has to defend himself. And he has, right. and he has and, to speak. He has to speak, and, and well, yeah, and he does. He continues to do that in his letters after he's already been put on death row, basically multiple times. He's still writing letters to the church and still defending himself. Like, I, yes, this is. I am an apostle. Like, and so it's it's kind of interesting. So I, I understand what you're saying on that, right? And so when he allows. When Barnabas allows Paul to speak, he's giving him that opportunity to show that he is an apostle. You know, God made him an apostle. Jesus called him for that work. Um, And so to have that opportunity to speak and to speak with the authority and speak um, as an apostle was important for Paul. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Barnabas understood that too. Again, we may be yes. reading through the lines a little bit, but I think that that's something that we might we might be able to conclude. Uh, right, and I, I think that that's, you know, with, with that whole interaction there in Acts 14, um, it's kind of interesting just because, you know, it also reinforces some potential stereotypes that we have about Paul, that maybe he was a smaller guy, or, uh, but he was the speaker. Um, and uh, at any rate... Barnabas allowed Paul, and maybe allowed is a big word, but Barnabas allowed, stepped back, and that's what encouragers do. They know when to step back, and I think that's the important part. Right. But they also know when to step up. Correct. And so that kind of points me to two other parts, two points of encouragement mm-hmm. that were very important in the life of Barnabas. And, yes. um, and talking about Paul, how did he really get his start? Um mm-hmm. And if we go back to Acts chapter 9, we see Paul's conversion. Mm-hmm. Oh, Saul. <laughs> um, right. But he is converted, and at the end of Acts chapter 9, uh, he goes to Jerusalem with Barnabas. And he had been doing some ministry. There's not a whole lot recorded there, um, but he had been involved in ministry. And there's a problem when Paul goes back to Jerusalem. None of none of the elders or the or the um, the Christians, perhaps even the apostles in Jerusalem, were they rejected Paul? Mm-hmm. They didn't think that he was really a disciple. He had this reputation. They they knew he stood um, at Stephen's uh, death, his stoning. He stood there. He had this reputation. People knew he was taking people to prison for their faith in Jesus, and they didn't want him. Mm-hmm. But Barnabas, Barnabas stands up for Paul right. and says, no, he, he's been doing this, and he's been involved in this ministry, and, and he's been preaching the name of Jesus. And so what happens there? Mm-hmm. You know, the apostles, the disciples in Jerusalem begin to accept Paul. Uh, and I love what's actually said at the very end of that passage, Acts chapter 9, verse 28, that Paul was with him, or Paul was with them, coming in and going out. Yep. So he has this sort of freedom to, to come in and out among them because he's, he's a part of them. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, that's interesting too. You know, this is this conversation I've had with my wife recently about my two-year-old is that, you know, there's, there's only going to be so many things that we can do because as a little girl, uh, she's going to hear a lot of negative things because girls are mean. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, um, but it's our job to make sure she gets built up when she's with us, when she's here at this house, she's going to be built up because one negative thing can last a lifetime. And uh, you probably have your own story here listening uh, about somebody said something and it wasn't even mean and it wasn't even intended to be mean, but it stuck with you. And uh, that's the difficult part of being an encourager is that you can say one, you can say a hundred nice things and it not do the good that one negative did the damage of. And that's, that's really why it's so important because when we're constantly building each other up then we slowly start to drown out the negative yeah and that's what barnabas was all about it was we're not going to have this negative paul is one of us let's move on right and i've heard it said uh, i think it was my freshman year of high school that i Mm -hmm. that i heard this um you know it takes 10 positive things um for you to get over a negative interaction with somebody yeah um and and so that's you know that goes you know, it goes without saying that encouragement is, is so important and, you know, why we are even doing this podcast uh, to begin Correct. with. Um, moving a little bit later into the, mm-hmm. the life of Paul and of Barnabas, there comes a division between them. Right. Um, and it's over this man called John Mark. Um, now, apparently he's the cousin of Barnabas. Um, mm-hmm. Is that right? Because I, I, I didn't find yeah. the scripture behind that. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I want to say there's some relation. Yeah, I, apparently he's the. But I do. Yeah, but anyway, I don't remember why or when I heard that. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the assertion. But anyway, Acts chapter fifteen verses thirty six through forty one, we hear this this confrontation between them. They're divided. The scripture says there is a sharp disagreement. Um, that arose among them. And it was over this young man who had withdrawn from them and apparently just went home. You know, he didn't go on to do the work with them. Um, Basically, he didn't do what he had signed up for. Um, He dropped out of, you know, the mission trip, basically. Um, Gave up and went home. And by the way, that happens a lot today. We look at John Mark and we blame him for this stuff, but that happens to people... You know, we get homesick, um, and uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't. I want us to understand that this is not about John Mark. That this is because what he did is totally understandable. Oh, absolutely. And and something too that we might not realize is, um, you know, even when you have an encourager, you know, he was with the son of encouragement. Um, right. But even though he was with the encourager. Um, you know, there was still something. Um, mm-hmm. and we don't know what it is. Um, you know, perhaps he received news of a loved one who had an illness or was sick or something. And, yeah. you know, there are lots of different things that it could have been. Um, right. But nevertheless, they have this disagreement over John Mark. Um, and Barnabas says, we need to take him. They mm-hmm. They know that they need to go back. Paul says... 
we need to go back. We need to visit these places where we were carrying the gospel. We need to check up on them. You know, we need to um, follow up and encourage them and, you know, make sure that they're staying steadfast. Um, right. And Barnabas says, well, I want to take John Mark. <laughs> and they split. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a hard topic, I think, when you think about it. You've got, you know, these men that are doing the work of God. That's their goal. But they have yep. this disagreement, and they split. Yeah. Well, and I have heard this passage used as justification for church division. And I think that that is sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that's not at all what's happening. Paul and Barnabas are going out into the world. They're not like, all right, we have North Side Church and South Side Church. And we're split because Paul and Barnabas split. <laughs> and that isn't, no. that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is Barnabas is standing up. And that's the other thing. And you said it earlier. Couragers also know when to stand up. Right. And whatever it was, Barnabas saw something in John Mark. And he was like, we're not going to ignore this. We're not going to hurt this kid. And that's that's something that's interesting. And if we were to do a case study on Paul, we would see that Paul can be kind of hard-headed sometimes. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and that Paul is has a short fuse. Yeah. And that's okay. But the, and that's why Paul and Barnabas worked together so well. He withstood Peter Barnabas to the face. The, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But Barnabas had this long fuse, and he was patient, and he was going to tell people that it's going to be okay. He's going to encourage them. When we look at this situation, that's exactly what's happening, is that John Mark probably was really down on himself. And I don't know how he came to about came about to talking to Barnabas, but it was like, hey, uh, let's do this. And Paul didn't want any part of it. Right. <laughs> but, but the encourager is going to stand up and say, we need to help this person. And that's what Barnabas was all about. Right. And it's not necessarily the case that Paul just gave up on him. You know, Correct. you know, it was, you know, you don't give up on people, but the, the idea is that they're going back to those same places. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever reason, um, you know, it could cause a hindrance. You know, if right. we go back to even, um, I believe it's in Acts chapter 7, where the mm-hmm. apostles are, you know, they're being confronted with every little problem in the church. And, you know, they say, it's not right for us to serve tables when we're, you know, supposed to be preaching and, and offering prayers. You know, we're supposed to be doing this ministry, you know, but they were impeded. Uh, And so Paul, I'm sure, was just thinking, we cannot have something that's going to impede us in this ministry. Um, And so he's thinking of how do I, how are we going to do this in the most effective way to encourage and lift up? And if we have issues again, it's going to hinder us. Uh, and so he's not Correct. necessarily, you know, against um, the person of John Mark. You know, right. he is he is into the work of ministry. And Barnabas just saw it in a different way. You know, both mm-hmm. of them are in, at work in the ministry. Um, and so what happens is Paul takes Silas, Barnabas takes John Mark, and they go and, and do what they had planned to do. 
right? right. So, you know, and the ministry is doubled. Right. And so it's not even, you know, like you said about like a church split or something like that. I mean, it's not that they are split and they don't talk to each other and they don't have any relationship with each other. You know, they do the work and they're still doing the work together in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, even though it's not together, well, they're, they're, they still have the same task. Right. The reason I grabbed my Bible is because I wanted to remember the word that Luke used for the kind of disagreement they had. Right. And it's a sharp disagreement. Yeah. And so this wasn't like, oh, man, well, agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> based on who Paul is and uh, who Barnabas is, this was probably s- kind of heated. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And uh, and because uh, Barnabas is such a fierce encourager and pa- Paul is such a fierce passionate Christian that he was he was like he didn't want anything to get in the way of spreading the gospel um, including somebody who could potentially be a help but it maybe not um, was his thought process and so there was this sharp disagreement the scripture says and I think that that is interesting at the very least yeah. that 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 is something that went on um, and I I would I'd probably pay a lot of money to be a fly on the wall in that room. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, wow. I mean, if if you were in that place to, to, to see them in this sharp disagreement, you know, how are they handling this? Um, yeah. Like, did they, like, I mean, because it doesn't say anything. They just had a sharp disagreement. Right. Uh, was there, what, what happened? <laughs> and I, I think that the Holy Spirit is intentionally vague beyond that, but it made sure we knew that it was a sharp disagreement. Right. And that just goes to show that, you know, we won't always agree on everything. Absolutely. Uh, and, but back to your point, and the reason I brought that up is they did not let it affect their relationship. Right. So many times, and I've been not as part of, but a spectator to so many different disagreements that ended with never talking to you again. And I'm not talking about secular. I'm talking about Christians. How does that make sense? Yeah, um, it doesn't. And but Paul and Barnabas, even in their sharp disagreement, uh, did not perm- it did not permanently affect their relationship with each other, and especially did not affect their relationship with Christ. I think one of the cool things about what happens here, though, is you know after this this disagreement, after they split and go different ways, we don't really hear about Barnabas anymore. Um, right. We don't hear about him, you know. the The book of Acts follows. It's it's interesting. Primarily, the first thirteen chapters follow Peter mm-hmm. um, and the other apostles. Uh, and you got Paul sprinkled in, yeah, just but, a little bit. Yeah. But then after chapter thirteen, um, you get really the the Acts of Paul in a sense, yeah. you know. And 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 so you are focused on him, but. There is something very interesting in the book of 2 Timothy in chapter 4. Um, this is Paul's farewell address, and it's an amazing book. There's a lot of passion, a lot of emotion, a lot of care towards this young minister, Timothy. But he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, and he's in prison. You know, He says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. I'm, I'm going to die. But he says there in verse 11, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark 
and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Now, I believe this to be the same John Mark of the book of Acts and the same Mark that's mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 13. He's got a relationship with Peter. He's got a relationship with Barnabas, of course. Um, but he has this relationship even at the end of Paul's life. So we're not told what happens, you know. But at the very end of his life, he could have requested anyone. You know, Timothy is going to go to him. Luke is with him. There are other ministers. So many, we can't even number all of them. You just go to like... The other apostles are all probably still around. Right. And, and to think about, you know, the very end of the book of Romans, that huge list, it's almost like, a, like a, um, the credits at the end of a movie. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Romans chapter 16. Um, but of all of those people, he asked Mark to come. I don't know if you've given much thought about this, Logan. Who wrote the book of Mark? Yeah. Most most people believe yeah. it to be John Mark. Hmm. He was the one. Most scholars, most commentators, they believe that it was John Mark who served both with Paul and with Peter who wrote the Gospel of Mark. Yeah. Now, isn't that just blow your mind? Yeah. I mean, to think that there was a point in time where... Barnabas and Saul could have just gave up on him and said, you know, you're right. He quit on us before. You know, we can't allow this to go on and to just leave him and go on and do the ministry. There was a point in time where he, they could have done that. But Barnabas stood up and said, no, we need to give him a second chance. You know, we need to um, encourage him. We need to lift him up. He is still useful to me for right. ministry. That's what Barnabas well, and, was thinking. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the that's the power of encouragement. I mean, plain and simple. And uh, that is what we need to be oriented towards. Is how can I in this world of negativity, in this world, and we are starting this podcast in the middle of racial tension in America, in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, so much negativity. I mean, you don't have to walk out your door to find the negativity. It's coming for you. But Barnabas understood, I, if I am positive enough with somebody, I can change the way that they not only see themselves, but the way that other people see them. Because that was what he did with himself. He was so he was so focused on being the identity of an encourager that people changed the way they saw him. And he was not Joseph anymore. He became Barnabas. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what it's about. Absolutely. I mean, if, if there is something we can do to encourage, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's what we want to do because there is this incredible power behind it, you know, Absolutely. and, and some may feel, okay, well, this whole, gospel of mark thing and you know all of this other stuff well you know that's up for interpretation or you know there's some other arguments and stuff like that i firmly believe it uh i mean and, and until i'm proven wrong about it you know i mean it, 
here's the thing, yeah. and this is a disclaimer. Maybe we're going to start adding this to the beginning of every episode, but we reserve the right to be wrong. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I probably am wrong, but what I'm thinking right now is that, you know, if that's the case, um, and even if not, mm-hmm. the power of the encouragement that was given uh, when Paul began his ministry, would he have been accepted in Jerusalem if it were not for Barnabas? If it were not that God put somebody in that place to say, no, we must accept him as a disciple of Christ as well. Absolutely. So. Well, and, and like we said, Barnabas, you've really not got very much on him in the scripture, but you can list a minimum three, probably more, warriors of Christ that he positively influenced, that maybe their lives would have been totally different. You got Paul, you've got John Mark, obviously, but also think about Timothy, you know, because if Paul and Barnabas stay together and Barnabas doesn't stick up for John Mark, then maybe Timothy doesn't follow the same line that he did because, well, Paul's got Barnabas and he doesn't necessarily need Timothy. So there's so much to be said for what Barnabas did as an encourager that he positively impacted things for thousands of years. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the, the butterfly effect. There you, you know, go. this idea. Yep. And and that's something I think we can, if we take something away from this discussion on encouragement, perhaps it's that we can be like that, that butterfly that, you know, can change just one, one little thing. If we can encourage mm-hmm. one person today, what kind of impact is that going to have on them when they interact with other people? Right. You know, how is it going to help in their decision making and what they do and how they lift others up and how they work and how they serve and how they, you know, if you offer a kind word today, I mean, it's, it's amazing what encouragement can do. Absolutely. Well, before we go, uh, we have this game that we want to play. Um, and I'm really excited about this. Um, because being that this is our first, you know, podcast, we're going to sort of interview each other, but there's a catch. All right. So what we have, uh, there are these cards and these, they have, Logan's got some, I've got some, and I'm going to shuffle, I'm going to shuffle mine. So we're going to take these, um, and we're going to do this, uh, on a timer. You get 30 seconds to answer the question. Um, and I'm going to ask you first. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm going to ask you first. Uh, and so they're going to be random. Some might be silly. Some might just be um, really difficult to answer in those 30 seconds. But that's all you've got. All right? All right. So, all right. First question. Are you timing me? Yes, I'm going to time you. All, all right. right. Go what is something that people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of? Oh, man. What is something people are obsessed uh um, uh, I don't get the point of man. I like everything. That's a tough one. Um, I don't get the point of the Bachelor. The Bachelor. And I'm gonna get in trouble with my wife for that. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. You ready? Yeah, bring it on. All right. What movie? What would be the worst? Sorry. What would be the worst movie sequel ever made? Um. I think this already exists. Titanic 2. 
<laughs> but I, yeah, I feel like that would be the worst because Titanic ha- too. How do you beat Titanic? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think people are ready for that. <laughs> I'm not. All right, hit me. All right. What weird food combinations do you really enjoy? Um, some people may not think it's weird, but I like pineapple on pizza. Oh yeah, I love pineapple. And pizza. it's got to be ham though. And I want extra cheese. Cool, cool. We're we're doing this a lot faster than 30 seconds, so let's do like 15 seconds. I'm good with okay. that. 30 seconds is a long time. Okay. What's the favorite thing you've bought this year? Um I'm not really sure. Um, my guitar. I, I bought okay. a uh, Gretsch um, semi-hollow body guitar, and it's nice. got a Bigsby on it. Very excited about it. There you it. go. Is a hot dog a sandwich, and why? A hot dog, and I know there's a podcast, or I think it's a podcast about it or something, uh, but um, I'm going to say that it is a sandwich, yes, because it's bread with something in the middle okay good you got a good time on that one (laughs) (laughs) what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given oh my goodness there's so much good advice it's a deep um don't be an idiot change my life (laughs) (laughs) shout out dwight Schrute. if i ever think of something that an idiot might do i do not do that thing if you had a personal mascot what would it be Personal a penguin. A penguin. I know what that's from. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We're gonna talk about that next yep. week. It'd be a penguin. We will. And it has to be a live penguin, <laughs> not one of those stuffed ones. It's gonna be just like University of Georgia. Uh, it's got to be a live mascot. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which three would you keep? Okay. Well, I want to start by saying the Bible, but not the um, not the regular Bible app, Bible Gateway app. That's a lot better. Um, okay. Facebook okay. Right. and um, um, my guitar tuner. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So. Very nice. Yeah. Here we go. Here's a good one. What do you value most in friends? In friends? In friends. You got... 10 seconds. Um, I'm going to say loyalty. Loyalty. You'll want somebody, and that, I mean, that's a lot of what being a Christian is about. Somebody who's not going to, not who's got your best interest in mind when you're not around. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. I couldn't say that better myself. (laughs) All right. Brag to me about the best things going on in the past 30 days. Well, I came up with this really cool idea about doing a podcast. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so I'm really glad that you're on this show so um, and that you're co-hosting this with me. But For that's sure. probably the coolest thing, and I'm very Thanks. excited about it. So I like it. All right, let's do one more each. Okay. Which talent would you most like to have? Talent? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I wish I was more musically inclined. Uh, you're very musically inclined, Zach, and I, I play the maracas, and uh, <laughs> that's about it. So just that, that would be a pretty cool talent. I think that that is something that uh, I wish I had 
more talent. I think I could probably do it, but I, I'm, it's too late for me. <laughs> never too late. Never too late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What will people look back at us 50 years from now on and be shocked and appalled by? Um, the uh, abortions. I, I, I think mm. eventually people are going to realize that this is uh, an abomination. That is just completely... Uh, we're going to look back on this like we do about slavery today. Um, that that's mm. that's how it's going to be viewed in the future. Um, Interesting. So I th- I think that's going to be the the biggest issue uh, later on. I, I hope you're right. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I hope so too. <laughs> so we're going to end this by abortion. We're going to talk about no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the next thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're going to go ahead and close out um, this episode. So. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Logan, I've really enjoyed this. Please remember to like and, and share this video. Uh, if you haven't, please already follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube um, so that you won't miss the next episode. We're going to be posting some other stuff as well, um, but you won't want to miss uh, this podcast, and especially because next week um, we have our guest, uh, Joshua Hester, joining mm-hmm. us. Yes, for sure. Uh, and if you know a young minister, um, or really anybody who needs encouragement, you know, share this with them. Hopefully, you encourage them. But if you do know a young minister who you think would be a good guest, we are going to have a lot of guests. We want to get through some of those guys, and uh, you really dive into what it's like, and uh, you know, encourage them on a one-on-one level. But if you know of anybody, you know, send suggestions to our email. It is bearingup one word dot podcasts at gmail dot com. Or, you know, send us a private message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We check those regularly. And finally, if you're interested in us having a Q&A episode where we answer uh, different questions about ourselves or about faith, about the Bible, uh, questions about Jesus, about God, anything um, within those parameters, uh, maybe we'll even talk about some politics. Maybe. Maybe not. Thank you so much for watching, and uh, if you'll join us in prayers, be close. Dear God, I thank you so much for this day and for this time I've had with Zach and the, the people who've watched this as well. I pray that everyone who's watched with us today has been encouraged, and that God, we take something from here, and that that, is, that we are to be encouragers, and that you want us to encourage those around us and to build up, because there's just so much negativity, and we need to be the light in your world of encouragement. And I pray that we, as we go from here, that you are with every person and that you bless every person as they need, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you next time. If you like the game that we played today on this episode of Bearing Up, I encourage you to check out our sponsor, Pod Decks. Uh, we use these decks in our game uh, to ask uh, interview questions and and it's a it's a great little tool for people who are interested in doing a podcast themselves already are well established in doing a podcast or if you just want to play a game uh, much like we did um, so check them out they're called pod decks um, p-o-d-d-e-c-k-s dot com pod decks and be sure to if you want to support uh, this podcast and and enjoy a discount if you decide to buy something uh, from their website. Use the promo code bearing up one word bearing up. 
Um, so be sure to check them out. Uh, we get a portion of, of everything that's sold with that promo code. So if you want to support us uh, and also get a great deal on a fantastic item, um, please be sure to check them out. Poddex.com. <laughs>